All right. Welcome to the Hawk's Nest of Peak Performers, the podcast where I gather performers in various fields where we can have conversations where people that listen to them and then the people who are talking about it are empowered to pursue their passions. So I am Ryan, the Rye Bread Hawks, and today we have Rio Henry. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing well, you know, no real complaints on my end, very busy, but um, always better to have too much to do than not enough to do, I always say, right? Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I, I'd like to say, tell me about yourself, more, more so tell the viewers or listeners about you. <laughs> All right, um, I am aspiring mental conditioning coach. Um, studying sports psychology right now. Last couple of classes that I've been doing, uh, I found sports psych as an elective class during my undergrad because mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was in school for. I was just a psychology major and I was like, yeah, because I worked in the bank, I worked in retail, I worked in uh, food and beverage. I'm like, I don't like any of this stuff. I'm not good at any of this stuff. Yeah. It's just not a natural fit. So once I found sports psych, it was like, Wow, everything just opened up. Yeah. But um yeah, it's 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 been an it's been a, a good journey and uh I wouldn't change it for anything. Like I finally found my niche and and it kind of just like opened up my mind in every other way. So nice. Yeah, I mean a lot of those jobs are just kind of those initial old ones are like, I mean, they all fall into like that retail category. I mean, it's yeah. a, a special person to actually enjoy retail. I haven't met anybody who does. Have you? Never. But I mean, if it's like you want to get into like starting a clothing line, I could understand, you know, just like wanting to be a manager. Um, But yeah, it just doesn't line up with my personality. Like I was working at the bank and you have to be very strict, see stuff black and white because you're dealing with money and Right. I'm like so laid back. I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. And I would constantly get in trouble working at banking. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. But, but at the same time, even though you may not have liked all of that work, you said that you wouldn't change the journey though. Why, why is that? Absolutely. Like I learned so much and, you know, you don't realize the value of like learning about yourself and putting yourself in these certain situations until like, you kind of like come out of it and then you're like, wow, like I, I absolutely like loathe working at the bank, but I, um, I learned about interest rates. I learned about mortgages. I learned about credit cards, how to build credit. I learned all of that stuff and I would have never known it. And, you know, and uh, so you just take things in stride and we, we, we talk about and learn about the growth mindset mm-hmm. and you realize like, okay, this is exactly what it's talking about is just learning in whatever situation you're in. Right. Yeah. I love it. Such a, such a great way to just apply things over to the type of work we do. Uh, yeah, for our listeners that know we're both in our this, uh, well, it used to be JFKU, now is National Sports Psych Program. Uh, so it's been a fun journey together. We're, we're towards the end now, aren't we? Thank, thank goodness. Thank the universe. Thank everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those funny things, you know, it's like with this, like, yeah, we love the field and, and I love, I love the classes, like kind of looking back at them like this, but Man, it's a grind. I'm, I'm glad to be done too. <laughs> it's a grind. There. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But then at the same time, so kind of looking back to this and like getting stuff out of these jobs that we don't like, I mean, it's kind of like doing our time. And, and if we can take something from each of them that, that makes us who we are, it was one of those things from sports psych B that we were in last time. And uh, one of the guys, man, I forget his name now, but like he emphasized how everything he did before then, like shaped who he was as a person and like informed his practice and what he does now. You know, like, like even me, one of my, my first job, I, my, my um, foyer into retail was at the Home Depot, you know, and, and I still yes. think that was probably one of the better retail places you could get because I got to like mess around on the forklift. I was in the lumber department. Um, and even mm-hmm. though like towards the end, man, I hated it there, but I got a lot out of it. You know, I mm-hmm. learned, I learned a lot. I was like a young, a young dude at the time, you know, I was like, what 19 when i got the job so i learned a lot about like you know how to use tools and stuff and i learned how to build a doghouse so a a lot of stuff i gained from it man and i took it with me (laughs) yeah so it's amazing like we're just we're sponges when we're just like constantly soaking things up we just don't even realize it right like what's 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 crazy is like your your, uh your zoom background is um Final Fantasy, like, yeah. and my my oldest brother loved Final Fantasy growing up, so I started playing it, and I learned how to read, like, playing Final Fantasy VII, which is crazy, like, I don't know what yes. potions is, and I learned about Diablos, you know, things like that, and you're just like, what the heck, because it's, and you don't even realize it, but. Yup, so many learning opportunities, yeah, I remember that, that my, I used to read the, when I would play games that my friends, you know, he couldn't read well, we're already in, like, third grade, and he couldn't and i would read him the video game what would it say man read it to me and at some point i remember telling him like you know what man you're gonna have to start reading this on your own because you gotta learn (laughs) we're getting older now (laughs) yeah yeah just all that stuff yeah yeah appreciate it how do you how, how do you think you're gonna apply some of that stuff in the work that you do once you start doing your your mental uh training and such I, I apply everything. Yeah. Um, my style, I know I know our styles are going to change, but this journey has like throughout grad school, I've never thought on this level before. Yeah. And um, I was heavy into like spirituality. So mm-hmm. I was a big churchgoer, missionary and stuff. And everything I learned in that role as being like a college uh, like counselor at the church that I was, the youth group that I was in, I take all that into counseling. Right. Um, but like, even just being a spiritual, spiritual person, like when I was younger and stuff, like you would, you know, you don't really touch on the universe too much, but right. yeah. Cause it's just like, whatever's written, that's what you go by, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't really dig too much into it because there's not really like a mix of religion and learning about the universe and galaxies and stuff like that. But at, um, after like, once I got into grad school, now I'm just like in the astrophysics and stuff. So I take what I learn about the universe. I take what I learn about, um, how humans came to be. And, you know, you just have that perspective and, um, And I, and I use that with my athletes. Like we talk about what, what's, you know, the pretty much like existential therapy therapy. Okay. So like, you know, like what do they want out of life? Um, 
the meaning that they put on their life and everything. And, you know, you mm-hmm. just have that perspective. So I tend to look at things in the long, long term. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I, I really love that. I'm passionate about when I'm doing work, like uh, for us, you know, it's, it's like sports psychology and we're usually working with athletes, but I mean, I think it's really important to talk about purpose and, and link that to what they're doing because I mean, part of their sport life and identity has to do with their purpose. So where does, where does that fit in? And then from there existentially, we could get in if they're, if they're willing to go there, like how does that fit into the universe in a way? Right. Absolutely. I completely agree because Mm -hmm. there's so many different factors and we learn like in school about personal construct theory and how um, people, we all live in the same world, but people's lives are different. People's worlds are different because they just have different factors. They pay attention to different things. They see, Mm -hmm. you know, life in a different way. So I feel like at the bare minimum of everything, what is your purpose in life? And I, and I, my, I believe it's to enjoy it because you can say like it's to do one thing or it's to do another thing, but at the bare minimum, what else are we here for to enjoy our lives? Like you can say like, Oh, you're supposed to procreate or you're supposed to do something else. But if you're not enjoying it, then you know, what, what are we doing? So exactly. What's the point? I mean, we were given these senses for a reason and we're given Mm -hmm. sentience if we had a purpose we could have just been made as robots or something you know for something as strict as like procreation you know there's Mm -hmm. procreation is is a you know to continue things on in like a different scale but yeah i totally agree and i mean i i do feel like so many people in life kind of do a lot that and get into this thing where where they don't enjoy what they're doing Mm -hmm. they're not happy right 100 percent yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and and it's just like finding finding that happiness. Like so if you have children and you're like, I gotta, you know, work hard so my children can succeed, that's the joy, you know, or right. Right. whatever it might be. Like find your joy and mm-hmm. stick to that, or else it's like you know, then you're just existing in a sense. Yeah. 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 And it's different for everyone. So, and that's, that's when you, you do start to look at things on more of like a macro level and, and think like, okay, you know, everyone has a purpose as big as smaller in this moment. And uh, you know, I think my, my purpose is probably something like this, you know, gathering people together and, you know, sport, the sport field is, is appealing to me because of high performers. Like I just like mm-hmm. to help people perform their best because when they're performing, they're happy. And that comes back to some self-determination theory, like, you know, feeling that they have autonomy over their lives and Mm -hmm. sometimes, but there's work to be done with that, right? Like I can say that I love playing football in life and that's my passion, but if I don't really put my all into it, then I might not ever be able to do that as my purpose. And then I might get stuck working retail my whole life, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean circumstances are you know a lot of things are out of our control so Mm -hmm. um but you just you find that 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 purpose you know and uh or you find the joy and i believe that if we focus on like self-development and dating ourselves and self-awareness and you know learning more about yourself is just then you get into like okay um i might not enjoy this you know 
like what I'm doing, but you, you can find uh, the joy in the process, I exactly. guess. So yeah. like, like you said, with the hard work, like think about Kobe Bryant all the time, like you, you, you gotta love the grind, you know, even though mm-hmm. it might not be the funnest thing, you gotta yeah. find the, 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 the value in it. Yeah. And I think that love of the grind comes from this long-term goal or, or result, you know, and in that, like he probably hated shooting baskets for three hours straight, you know, that repetitive thing. But, but as he's shooting, I mean, shoot, he might be seeing that end result already of that championship that he wants to get to. I think a lot of people get caught and don't even move beyond that. They see this, this, this thing that's in front of them, that, that this work they have to put in that might not lead to a result. And, and with Kobe, he knew that too. I mean, yeah, he could put in all this work and play a whole season and shoot, maybe even get to the finals mm-hmm. and not reach that goal. But you got to be willing to put in that work to fail. But I mean, man, yeah. how many people, how do we get people to, to get started on it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, honestly, I believe that, like, I- I'm really glad you said that before because. Oftentimes we're not even focused on all we're thinking about is the future. You know, mm-hmm. we're not focused on, we don't think about the present. That's like yeah. a well-known, you know, that's well-known. You can tell anybody, yeah, we don't really spend any time on the present and they'll probably agree with you. You know, um, it's either our minds in the future. Like I can't wait for this to come or our minds in the past. And it's just like time goes by and you look back and you're like, dang, like I never spent that, you know, like just be in the moment and uh, just yeah. be present. And, and I believe that that's where, you know, the mindfulness comes in, the ability to focus and stuff and just appreciate where you're at. Man. So it's all connected. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. And I, I think that was something I got stuck in personally for a long time. And, you know, some, sometimes when you're in this grind and you got to do mm-hmm. some time, man, like in my undergraduate when I, I mean, I, I had to put in the time I had, I was working three jobs. Uh, I loved one of them. I was a tutor. I loved that. I hated Home Depot at some point. I hate, I had this other job that was like at a junkyard and like, you know, it, uh-huh. and, and I, and I was just looking to the future. Oh, once I graduate, you know, this is going to happen. But at some point I couldn't enjoy the moment. I was like on autopilot. And then at that point, I kind of, kind of ran out of steam you know it, it, yeah. and, and uh, I think that can happen if if we don't take the time to enjoy these little moments and and there were plenty looking back and I don't not that I harp on it but there's plenty of chances to enjoy those little moments and and sometimes I would yeah. but yeah mm-hmm. that's so true man <laughs> yeah it's like uh like this is us where they like look back on their lives and the best moments are was just like them hanging out, you know, in the living room, playing board games, like that's, and, and we have that every single day, but you just don't ever think like, damn, like this is, this is the the joy in life because we're so constantly thinking like consumed with Mm -hmm. where we're going and what we, our goals and what we want to achieve. Yeah. It's like no easy Yeah. It's a never ending balance (laughs) because then you, you see a lot of other people who are just kind of living in the moment, like nonstop, you know, I had some friends Mm -hmm. like that, you know, especially when you're, I remember being in my earlier twenties and 
my friends were the opposite of me. I was the goal long-term guy and not really doing yeah. much. And I had these friends who were like, I just want to turn up, you know, I just want to live it up <laughs> in the moment now. But then, you know, they cycled into that for like 10 years. Like now they're 30 and they're still in the same place they were in their twenties because, you know, they're not setting any type of goals for themselves. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. The, the balance aspect of it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like that's like, uh, I don't know. I feel like that should be like a new in law balance, you know, whereas yeah. you can't be balance everything. Everything should yeah. have balance. Don't get too consumed with anything, whether it be the future, the past or the present. Yeah. Like, you know, think for the future, think for the present, you know, because I know exactly what you mean with like people that just are like, I can't, I don't care about tomorrow. I only care about yeah. right now. And yeah, yeah. it's wild man and it's like an ongoing process in life i mean i don't i i think if we think about maslow's hierarchy of needs and like meeting it when, when i've had perfect balance i think i've been at that like self-actualization stage but i mean how fleeting is that i mean it, it lasts like an hour a day if i'm lucky before i'm like yeah. tipping into this other scale and I mean, I tend to tip to the like workaholism scale, but uh, I'm getting a lot better at it. I think uh, I'm doing a lot more mindfulness on that and trying to trying to trust, trust your body, trust yourself and trust your place in the universe in a way. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is that's gold because like I, I um, well, like our, our brains is, is hardwired, you know, to just focus on you know, keeping us, like keeping us alive to survive. So you, that's where the anxiety and all that stuff comes in. So you're constantly like thinking about the worst case scenario and uh, which we're not living in caves and have to worry about a saber tooth tiger, like eating us anymore. So yeah, uh, we have to like override that, but it just, the same, the same anxious energy shows up. It just manifested a different way. So now we're thinking about exams or something, but yeah um yeah it, it takes some some hard work but yeah to it. how would how would you help someone deal with that that anxiety that comes with just life right i mean just life in general <laughs> like just functioning man <laughs> yeah i used to like because you know i have limited experience with this but i used to want to like stop the anxious thoughts yeah let's like do thought stoppage but then you realize anxiety is just energy so mm -hmm. let's take that energy and let's channel it into a more productive way than getting so like you know caught up in your mind and everything but there's multiple um like methods that i use honestly i i think that understanding where the anxious thoughts come from um how it affects you like just learning about yourself that's one part of it and another part for dealing with the anxiety is like um so you have the self-awareness aspect and then where's the other part i had it in my mind oh. <laughs> yeah it's like, not about like just like the the re reframing it and stuff oh the mindfulness absolutely using mm -hmm. mindfulness because when you do when you do meditations you just right. sit still Mm -hmm. And you do it in a productive way. So you get the mental reps of calming your mind down 
whether right. it be through mind to muscle or muscle to mind, you know, through breathing right. techniques and stuff. So if you, if you work with an athlete or anybody and you, and every time you meet and you're like, okay, let's do some mindfulness and they actually, they're like really into it and you lead it, you right. know, and you get those reps of just calming your mind down. Next thing you know, when you're in a situation and you're feeling anxious and you're like, okay, I need to calm down a little bit you have, you've done that, the, the practices in the past. So it's easier right. to, to bring it down rather than just like out of, you know, go cold, tur- cold Turkey and just like go from a hundred to zero. It's, right. it's much easier once you get those mm-hmm. reps in. Yeah. It's like, it's like practice on the field, you know, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. If you practice it, like, like for me, it's every day when I wake up, it's a controlled environment, like practice. And then you're out in the field the rest of the day, like in a game, you know, and, and, yeah. you know, if, for me, it's at work, you know, I get, I get a client who is angry about something and starts yelling at me. Well, you know, I've already practiced mindfulness then. So now I'm ready mm-hmm. to use it on the field. And uh, yeah, it takes reps that I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, not being good at it at first, you know, no, nobody's good at it at first, you know, all, all of these gurus you see didn't just wake up one day and can meditate for an hour and a half or something in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You got to start from somewhere. And mm-hmm. I understand like some people, it's just not for them. I, com- yeah. I completely yeah. understand. I understand mm-hmm. that. But yeah, um, it's it, like you said, it takes time and uh, yeah. it, it has those, those benefits. Right. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier too, about just kind of, kind of reframing the way of anxiety, you know, like before, before I got into the sports psych program, you know, I was like, I've never, I've never had anxiety. I've never dealt with it. Right. But then when I'm reading the symptoms of anxiety, increased heart rate, um, you know, feeling shaky and sweaty to me, I'm like, Oh, well that that's just what happens before I perform. Like that means I'm ready to go. So it's a way Mm -hmm. for me, like, like you don't need to like uh, turn it off. I mean, at some point, you know, there's, there's limits and, you know, we, everyone does have their optimal level of, of anxiety or, or of energy levels. But, you know, if you just kind of think of it like that, like, this isn't a bad thing. This is my body getting ready to perform, you know, it's it's the same thing, excitement and anxiety have the same thing, fear, all of these things Mm -hmm. have the same physiological reactions. It's just, how are we interpreting that in our head? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's so true. Like, cause I, I grew up in a black household. That word anxiety was never used. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with you. Yeah. If, you, if you, you feeling anxious or worried, like you need to go pray or something, you know, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I completely agree. And I, and I was like, I don't have anxiety. Like, and then you yeah. like, it was the same type of uh, mindset, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, wow, I really do need to, you know, get this, you know, just really just understand what's going on. Cause I used to get sweaty armpits and I'm like, holy crap. But I didn't yeah. think that was a form of anxiety. I'm just like, you know, yeah. but it's there. And, um, and I got that where you, the, the whole idea of not fighting with anxiety, but using it. Right. I got that from, from Kobe Bryant. Like, and I'll mention, I could talk about Kobe, you know, for days, oh, but yeah. he would, he would use anger in mm. like and the stuff in his past he would use that in games yeah to will his way you know he'll, he'll will his way and that's why he was like a jerk to his teammates because he says i can't be 
so nice to them and stuff. And they lost to, uh, I think it was the Celtics in the finals. Yeah. And then he, and then he said the, the year after that, like, I, I gotta, you know, help them. I have to bring them along and help them use anger to, yeah. for their benefit. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, what, when they, they like think about, Oh man, like Kobe, like Michael Jordan, I saw the last dance finally recently. It's like, Oh man, he's such a jerk to his teammates, but he ain't asking him to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. He's a jerk yeah. to himself too. If you want mm-hmm. to put it that way, like that's what it takes, you know, um, performance sometimes, I mean, there are limits, you know, I think now some of these coaches that are coming out and teams were like, okay, you're a little, this is too far, but like, yeah, that's what it is, man. I mean, they're, they're doing the same thing to themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Directing <And> energy. <laughs> it, it, if that aligns with their values that, and that works for them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I, you, you don't, you wouldn't teach everybody to be the, the nice, pleasant, super encouraging teammate, because yeah. if that's not their personality, it's not going to work. So the same thing goes for the Kobe's and the, and um, the Michael Jordan, where they say lead your own way and it works. That's that aligns with their values. And that's where they can say, you know, I did it my way. And Kobe would say like, if I'm going to lose, I want to lose my way. I'm playing somebody I'm playing another part. And then I lose. And then it's like, I wasn't staying true to myself. So if, if, if it if uh, I've met with athletes that are quote unquote like assholes, you know, so yeah. and and I I take away my personal feelings out of it, and I say, all right, like I, uh, you watch anime, mm-hmm. not so, too much um, anymore, but I still do. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think about my hero academy. Um, yeah, and um. Uh, Midoriya he's like the really nice guy and then Kachon is like and he's he's like I, I don't know like the Goku and Vegeta where it's right. like one person is extremely like uh was it goal oriented and the other person is like person oriented where it's like they're driven to win and you realize like there's no right or wrong way to do it like whatever yeah. works for them yeah yeah, exactly. And everyone, and it kind of comes back to that. Like everybody's got a role, you know, not everyone's meant to be Michael Jordan. What's, what's yours. Let's find your role and let's yes. do that the best, you know, like, like all of those teams out there, the championship teams that have had like, sure. Like Michael Jordan, how long did it take him to get his first championship? Because he needed the rest of the role players there, you know, and, yeah. and they do that well, whether it's being that type of teammate, being the one who, you know, when, when Kobe's being too mean to you, then he comes in and plays his role and kind of, kind of pampers mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know who that was on the Lakers. Maybe it was Shaq, probably not, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I think about Draymond Green, like this dude, he averages two points a game and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but he's a, such a big role player. Like mm-hmm. he does so many things and he deserves everything that he gets. Um, yeah. Do your job. Yeah. Like Bill Belichick says too, you know, it's all there. We all have our role. Let's kind of find that, find our purpose. You know, that's, I'm huge on that. So if I can help yeah. people, that's, that's why it's good. Talk about your purpose with, I think for us as mental skills trainers and such, it's not just let's work on, you know, this, this thing, anxiety or getting better at the sport, but like, talk about what your, you think your purpose is, what your values are. And now let's link that 
to whatever you're doing and find out how we can, you know, build on that. 100%. Couldn't agree more. It's, and that's why they say everything is connected, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool little uh, segue into my next uh, idea I like to talk about is like authenticity, you know? So how do you think, um, how do you think authenticity and being your authentic self would help in a, in a role like that, like on your team would help you be the best teammate and help you, you know, fill your role. Right. I think that um, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Being authentic and being yourself because there's no pressure in a sense in being yourself. Yeah. Whereas like, I understand what's most beneficial for my team, but I can only do, you know, I can only, um, use what I have. And right. once you, once you're being that authentic self, you don't have to, that's one less thing that you have to second guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, like, I think that's where, um, like team, team builders, yeah. like whether it be the coaches, the recruiters, athletic directors, general managers, um, co- you know, like that's where they come into hand. You have to understand the people that you have and the collection of people that you're, you're putting together, but mm-hmm. authenticity is everything. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people that you find that are like unhappy in, in what they do and I've talked to them or, or maybe not, not feeling like they're doing their best or living their purpose. They, they, that's what I hear from them is like, Oh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm like putting on a mask or that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of doing things because I think that's what people want me to be like, or society wants me to be like. And, and that's just yeah. so, so crippling i think you know because how can you how can you perform your best and what your strengths are when you're playing the part of someone you're not right yeah that is it's it's like it's it's difficult it's tough and that's life for a a lot of people you know and where it's just like but that's you bring it back to why are you doing this right and if you can say well i'm only I'm only doing this for to to get this to do this part portion. Then it's like then we say okay, so let's just keep up keep that perspective. I'm only here to to you know do this specific thing, but it's it's tough. Like so many times that you have to go in life and do things that you don't want to do, do things that yeah. you just you don't feel called to do at all, but. Yeah. How do you kind of balance that keeping that authenticity? Like I'm sure there's so many times, especially with like a team, you know, like at some point if you're going through high school or or college and you have this period where, man, I freaking hate this coach. He's like killing the vibe. He's making me do something that I don't want to do. And they want, they want to do something that they feel would be authentic. You know, how do we, how do we work through that? That is uh it's tricky i (laughs) i can tell you like i had experience working with a team uh during one of my internships and the team was winning and i thought that um i thought everything was good and we went and had a team meeting with them with just uh, the mental conditioning team with the 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 athletes and it was a rough meeting they they said that they were just not they were not happy and and it's because they weren't getting that joy from going. It just it felt like 
what am I doing this for? You know, even, even with the winning right. where they were looking for something else and that something else was the coach being positive towards them and congratulating them and heaping praise on them. Right. Even when they were winning, they said like, it just, if, and if you're working with a horrible boss and you're doing a great job, you're still miserable. So yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And how, how long does it last? I mean, uh, some, sometimes at like the college level when the, I think it works better than like the NFL, you know, like we saw with urban Meyer where like, man, they hate the dude, but they know, you know, yeah, I just got to put up with them for, you know, two years and then I'm going to the NFL, you know, but like then when it's like a long-term situation, like the Jags, they're like, we're grown men and we're going to be here for a while. And uh, no, we ain't putting up with this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and and we're seeing that like on on this scale, right. I've never seen so many people take into account their own happiness. People right. just used to work like and then COVID hit and people was like everybody like looked up and said, wait, like, am I happy? Like, because yeah. at the end of the day, these jobs like they'll 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 work you for 30 years. And then mm-hmm. once once you're gone, they'll just replace you, you know, so yeah. It's like, okay, what are the what is the fulfillment I'm getting out of that? Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm like super interested in in this kind of kind of change in, in coaching philosophy because I, I do think like a lot of the coaching, like the meanest coaches seem to be the most successful for a long time. And but I, I really think that like if we change those styles, then we're gonna see an increase in performance. So I'm really yes. interested to see how that works and and to see how much this old guard fights. You know, I mean, you still see it. I see on Twitter all the time. Oh, everybody's so soft now. And I'm like, well, I don't know, man. I mean, we're I, th- I think this is a good way of doing things like happier yeah. athletes are probably going to be higher performing athletes and and people in general, like you said, with work and everything, too. It's like, you know, we're moving towards that. And and now technology allows us to call it out even sooner now, right? People are like all over the place, just putting employers on blast on like ridiculous behavior that they have. And we're finding that it's, it's much more of a people's market than, than we, we were led to believe, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. The internet is, the internet has rocked the world. Like, and I don't, I don't know if people realize it, but it changed, it changes everything. Like the way that technology makes it like so quick, like we can just transfer messages like across the world, like in a couple of seconds is, is, it's just different. But Mm -hmm. to go back to what you were saying about like the coaches and the shift in the the coaching styles, I think that some athletes do want the hard ass coach and they want, yeah, they because that aligns with their values, and they're like, "Don't True. give me some soft coach," and yeah. tells me I did a good job even when I didn't. Like, as long as that coach values aligns with yours, like their communication, and you appreciate it, and you take it in that form, and the way that they give confidence or tear you down, and you like that, like whatever works for that athlete. But yeah. we're seeing now, like a lot of athletes just they don't like it. So mm-hmm. you, you have to, and I believe that as a as a good coach you got to adjust you got to be yeah. able to play whatever you know whatever role that uh helps you best when it comes to you working with your athletes you yeah can't be rigid and or well, i mean just kind of 
I, I think also is like establishing that like too. I, I it, in certain instances, it doesn't work, but you know, if this is your style, then promote that and like own it. And then the other, so then you, you know, you, you get people in where they fit in, in a way, right? Like yeah. the people that like, like react well to the hard ass can go to that team and the ones that don't go somewhere else. And uh, there's a lot more mobility now. So people do are able to make those choices, you know, the choices yes. with workplaces and choices with, with in, in professional sports, you know, look at how much more power the players are having. Like, Oh, you know, this, this place ain't working. Let me, let me go here because you know, they're talk with the players. Okay. You know what? This fits my values. I'm coming here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The, the, the transfer portal in college football is going crazy. Um, NBA players, they run the league now. They'll oh, yeah. request a trade within a day. If I don't like it, I'm requesting a trade. Yeah. Uh, it's wild. Yeah. So, and I, and I believe that like, that's why it's important for coaches. Like, you got to stick by your word. If you tell somebody something and then, or if you present your way yourself in a certain way and then you switch up and like you show them the real you. Yeah. We're not in the olden days because of the internet. Now you can get in trouble really quickly. So yeah, you, you gotta, coaches are not exempt from the rules that everybody has to follow. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. Yes, um, oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think even in like interviews too, nowadays we can apply it like playing the part. And I'm thinking this cause I've been doing a, a lot of job interviews lately and uh, I'm like, I'm going to be authentic here too. And I'm going to like try to bring out who they are so that I know if this is a good fit and be my authentic self instead of giving them the answers I think they want to hear. I mean, to mm -hmm. an extent you still do. I mean, you want to answer in a great way, but also like make sure that you're bringing stuff out and like, I'm me, like I'm, I'm ridiculous. So I just, that's, that's what I embrace. So in these interviews, I'm ridiculous. Like, are you going to go with this? Is this what you're going to like? Because this is what you're going to get. And if, and if they're responsive to that in the interview, then I know that probably I'm, I'm going to be happier here. Um, Cause I've yeah. noticed that too. And in your, I'm like, I've always kind of been like that. And I stick with employee, like, workplaces for a while because i end up liking them because they are a good fit for me like even home depot towards the end i just got tired of them but you know yeah they were a good fit for me at first <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you're in that position where it's like listen i don't i don't want to put on this facade for you and stuff and we're going to be around each other a lot and if if we mesh well then absolutely but Mm -hmm. At, yeah now is not people are just not gonna just give the answers they that uh the yeah. interviewers are seeking just you know to to get in there like you said so mm -hmm. um the balance is is you know the it's it's, it's shifting a little bit so yeah. and you can and and now it's just like i don't want to waste your time like if we're not a good fit i'm i'm i, I know myself yeah i'm not gonna be happy here and then it's just gonna be you know mm -hmm. a temporary job yep yeah that's good even my my boss now when i interviewed for program manager she's like you know um i do want to be really professional and and tighten things up around here and in so many words sometimes you're a little too lax and i, I told her you know obviously i'm gonna tighten up a little bit more as a program manager but i'm gonna just let you know i'm still gonna be myself you know, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to be this dry person anymore. And I think that it helps 
my team perform you know because i'm myself and i'm authentic <laughs> yeah yeah and that's great communication too it's yeah like, i understand what you're saying but at the same time i have to keep my authentic self in there yes that's invaluable yeah i mean i'm i'm extremely efficient worker yeah. um but at the same time i'm a s- slow mover I guess that's mm. what I hear. I think I'm going normal pace in my mind where people are like, you move so slow. But <laughs> I mean, I don't get like complaints from customers. It's just from my coworkers. So, right. Um, like I, I just, I like efficiency. I don't, I don't like to waste movement and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I mean, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Like just relax, you know, yeah. I'm not uptight at all. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the ride and, every moment so yeah yeah yeah. i had someone on the phone with me too who who realized like uh, she was like from a partner organization she's like oh yeah so you're we're working together on a case oh yeah so you're like one of the case managers or something else no i'm the manager and all of a sudden even though we're on a call and i could just i could just feel that she's like oh man i've been i was like no don't trip you know i'm chill (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I gotta always remember those roots where I came from, man. That's that's important. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But if if that makes you happy, just being relaxed and you know, find that balance and stay true to yourself. Yeah, and you need it. There's other people who are the uptight person, and that's yes. their role for the team. You know. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, that's so true. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we yeah. we we, we uh, present a a nice variety of personalities. Yeah, because you do need it. And I take things from everybody. You know, my the first program manager here was like super strict, like super, you know, borderline, like like way too mean sometimes. And then the other is like the extreme of like overly nice and like doesn't uphold standards. So I learned from both. I'm like, okay, I could meet somewhere in between and then throw in myself in there. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. 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 Right in the middle. Just like everything. (laughs) Good times. Hmm. Some, something I like to kind of do towards the end is, um, and, and so, so with Ryan, it was funny because I'm like, well, we're all skills trainers here. So what's like one of your favorite mental skills training, like activities that you do that's kind of like fun. Oh, favorite. Um, okay. So my experience is very limited. I've only been meeting with athletes for about a year now yeah um but one thing i did when i started and i haven't done it in a Mm. long time it was just i would ask an athlete tell me about your um describe your perfect day for me Mm. and i would take out a piece of paper and as they're talking i would just encourage them okay you woke up how'd you wake up um how was did you have a dream or anything like and I, and I pretty much allow them to have, like, just give me their, their best version of their day from, like, starting in the morning. Like, what, what did you eat for breakfast? Did you get a text message on your phone? Um, where are you heading to now? Is it class? Is it practice? How did practice go? Like, tell me everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to expound on that because athletes will look at me like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, why are we doing this? And I didn't, but like I said, I started, I did this at the beginning. So now I got like a little bit more experience, a little bit more knowledge and a little Mm. bit more like grounded in my own philosophy of practice. So 
I could come back to it and say, all right, and use that as a powerful tool for like, okay, this is exactly what you prefer. And let's, let's make it so maybe like use it in a way where it's like, if the day's not going right, if you're having a, a pretty bad day, what's one thing that you can do from the best day ever from your favorite kind of day that'll just like immediately bring you up? Could you play like your favorite song that you listened to that day? Could you talk to your favorite person? Something like that. Um, I, I should probably get back into that. I love that. Yeah. And it's cool if you make it a whole day, because then at some point during like whenever it happens, then they can kind of pick from there at that certain point in time. And maybe that turns the, the day around. Man, yeah, that's a good one. I need to get some better stuff because I ain't got anything really good here. Like Ryan's was really good, too. And I'm like, mm, I need I need to find something. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get back to you on a cool thing one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just be creative. You know, just I, I do all type of crazy stuff with athletes where they're just like they don't see where I'm going. But a lot of it's like spur of the moment. But yeah, um, just yeah, don't be afraid to think outside the box, do some stuff that we didn't learn in class. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, I love it. So now is your opportunity if you want to ask me anything <laughs> if you want ryan was like yeah i want i got some stuff for you i'm like oh okay i didn't expect that <laughs> all right i'll ask you um what's your favorite book oh okay man so i'm like um i'm a very big ann rice fan like 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 stan so my favorite book is um it would actually be one of her books so it's um mem Memnock the devil um and it's my favorite of hers because and it actually kind of goes back to what we're talking about a little bit about the universe and such so what happens so lestat is the main character of vampire chronicles have you have you heard of him i think my oldest brother has read that stuff i'm uh, pretty sure because i've seen that montauk i've seen that somewhere <laughs> yeah so so it, it's interview with the vampires the first one Right. So so it follows these vampires, um, mainly Lestat. And like it's it's really cool. Just off the bat, it's like they're these really dark, you know, vampire and killing and dark. So she kind of pays them like they're these like beautiful creatures. Right. So it's we already kind of have some juxtaposition here. So what happens in this book is that Lestat actually like goes to hell and he speaks with the devil um, mm -hmm. who presents it like, dude, like I'm not like evil, man. Like I'm just this duality right like i'm not like yeah. who says i'm bad i'm just enjoying life you know and it, yeah. and it presents it in a way where i was like i was like dude like okay like you there's there's like some things that are evil and some things that are just you know maybe people consider evil but they're not right like darkness yeah. doesn't have to be bad like um embracing the pleasures of the flesh doesn't have to be bad if you go to a point so it really yeah. like I was in high school, probably like, I think I was in ninth grade reading this and it just like blew my mind. I'm like, like I was taught that all of this stuff is just terrible yes. and don't even talk yeah. about <laughs> it. And it's like, you know, it's actually, you know, maybe not like some of it can be good here. You know, some of this is, is okay. Um, you know, within reason, you know, and, and kind of, like I said, we're hit, put here on this planet and given these senses to use, yeah. not to just, you know, sit and just, um, basically discard i mean i don't know yes. I, I it goes back to like everyone having a purpose but when i look at like some of these like monks that just like don't do anything but drink water their whole lives i'm like 
a part of me has got a question. Like, did you just waste your whole life and just never experience? Yeah. We've got one life, man. <laughs> you only got one. I'm so, but like, I completely agree with that. Like, yeah. and you learned that in ninth grade. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't learn this until like two years ago. So well, it's just like, and I, and I realize it like every, not everybody, but so many people have like, these boxes in their brains and it's like i have to stay in this box like no let's shatter every box let's shatter every like mental framework that we have and think differently you know not necessarily let's not place emotions on thoughts but Mm -hmm. let's just let's think differently like absolutely like so many of us have has grown up with like religious principles and i understand that because it's like it's like, okay, here's a fence. And if you go outside of this fence, danger is outside of it. Right. Absolutely. I completely under, understand that, you know, right. where it's just like, you want to be, you want to be safe. So it's like, yeah. okay, all these things are written. Don't do it because, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I got that. But of course, that's where the balance comes in. Don't go out and, you know, don't drink yeah. alcohol. I understand absolutely too much alcohol will kill you but mm-hmm. too much water will kill you too so it's like yeah. da- dabbling a little bit learn how you feel learn about yourself and your self-interest and how you react and then okay and then then you put that away and that's how you study yourself exactly. but a lot of these things where it's just like you don't even get that opportunity and it's yeah. like do not do it or else you'll go to eternal <laughs> damnation and it's just like <laughs> yeah okay so you take a risk i mean but <laughs> you gotta knows? take risks in life man you gotta experience yeah. and and learn from it and that's where a lot of awareness comes from we could we could you know building our awareness is so important but we have to also build those experience to know what mm-hmm. to even be aware of right like <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 exactly because if you don't, if, if, all right, perfect example with alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, some of us have found our heads in a toilet, you know, yeah. like throwing up, praying to the sil- silicone God, is that what they call it? Porcelain, porcelain God. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Next time I will not get that messed up. I will not, you know, I won't mix or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And you you grow you learn and you grow from it. But if you never have that experience in the first place, you, you you're not gonna know yourself. So yeah, you know your limits. Yeah, and it, and at some point, well, if some you don't point. start, then uh, you might just it might just all crash in on you anyway. I, eventually, the mm-hmm. world's gonna be there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Gotta find but, it sometime. <laughs> you know, like I just and I, as and and I don't you know ever want to bash anything or any like ideology or anything but it's just like don't you know like people will get into arguments over the tiniest details and it's just like like you said the world is still there like people were killing each other like people were big fights and wars over religion and stuff and it's just like some you know you feel like you're going to hell for chewing for using chewing tobacco so it's like (laughs) People are getting slaughtered in the world for really big things, you know, really big deals. And it's just like, so I completely understand and I'm very open-minded and I'm very respectful, 
Yeah. It's just like, to me, it's like, I, I think that, I don't think that quote unquote God, God is so like fixated on those. Oh, don't do this or else you, you're done. You know, like I just, I just can't get with that because I see good, bad things happening to good people all the time. Like people, yeah. you know, so um, it's like, it's like a paradox, man. I mean, I think it's like yeah. in, in everyone's got an individual journey, but we also need to remember that that journey is connected to everything and everybody. And when you yes. kind of start to mitigate that, it becomes easier to be open-minded to things mm-hmm. and know, um, unfortunately, a lot of times we're not going to change anybody's mind. You know, we rarely even change our own. So why do yeah. we think that's going to happen? And to me, I just think, well, you know, it's not their time for their mind to be changed. It's not my purpose, you know? And Absolutely. at the end of the day, for the most part, it doesn't affect me. I mean, there's certain things where it's like, oh mm-hmm. man, like you gotta, you know, th- these ideologies are hurting people, but, but then yeah. you, you got to go with the Stoics. What can I do about it? Hmm. Well, not a lot. <laughs> so why am I going yeah. to bother me? <laughs> yeah. You get up there and you start getting into arguments and you just look like you, it's just like, this isn't beneficial. This isn't getting what you want out of it. But I could understand the notion of wanting people to just think a little bit, you know, more and yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, it's like walking a distance and, and then, you know, you want people to walk along with you, but yeah, some people just aren't moving. So, yeah, that's where it coming right back to an awareness. You try to prod, let's see if they're open to this and aware of mm-hmm. yourself and your environment and okay, they're not. So let's move on. You know, some, yeah. sometimes yeah. you'll find a little snippet, a little snippet that you can tell them that gets them thinking, it opens mm-hmm. the door you know, and then maybe we can revisit this later or they'll revisit with someone else. But yeah, it's, uh, it's wild out there. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's wild because certain things that like were extremely forbidden in the past Mm -hmm. due to nothing's changed. That same stuff is written, but it's now is like people has progressed and people are like, okay, well, we're not in the old days, you know? So yeah. think think in the future, mm-hmm. are people going to say, well, we're not in the old days or whatever we're like super rigid on right now? Yeah. It's like, so nothing's changed that's written. It's just people, you know, they evolve. So it's, it's just a slow progression. Yeah. Times change and change happens kind of a lot of times slowly and then all at once is what I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, kind of all that yeah. is. Well, uh, now now you got me curious on your favorite book. I got to ask you, just throw that question right back, you know. My favorite book. Oh my goodness, I'm I need to read more, honestly. But uh, okay, um, my favorite book is Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight from Nike. Oh, huh. I got. Yeah. What's that one about? I haven't read that. It's got me it's just. It's his memoir, pretty much, just about um mm-hmm. what he uh like went through and and all of the like hurdles that he had to do to like get to put Nike on the map and so many lawsuits and competition he had. Like this man would fly to Japan and like have meetings with the these big time uh like um bosses of shoe companies and pretty much like 
fly back with shoes and have the shoes flown to him and he would sell them out of his car and stuff but his my favorite quote i've ever read in a book was in this and and uh i think it was right before nike went uh like publicly traded or something like that where they went to have a meeting with uh the the people that dictate the market i think or something and he's he says to his team he says the well, I think he took this from somebody, but the way he put it mm-hmm. was um, the the cowards never started. Um, the weak died along the way. So that leaves us, just yeah. us. And he was telling that to his team. And I, that's, wow. like, that's super powerful. The cowards never started. Yeah. And the weak died along the way. So who's left standing? You know, it's just us. And Yeah, that's great. That's some, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, I wanted to say a more like, you know, since we're talking about high performance, when you ask, ah, I should just say a book that's high performer that I read recently, but no, that's, that's me. That's my authentic self. I love me some Anne Rice, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, you arguably, in my opinion, she was a very high performing author. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's that peak performer in her field for a long time too. Um, so yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, this has been great. Um, I'm, I'm having fun with these. That's for sure. Hopefully you had some fun coming on. <laughs> I mean, this is a, a fun time. I, I enjoyed this a lot. I yeah. was nervous too. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully I helped out with that, with making it less, you know, you got oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. re- reframe that nervousness as excitement to come and hang <laughs> out with uh rye bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the Hawks nest. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to throw out there, promote anything of yours, uh, now's your chance. <laughs> Keep Ascending is the name of my consulting business. Hasn't started yet, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. Um, I'm, I'm just a Florida guy, but from Brooklyn. That's, that's, uh, that's about it. Brooklyn man becomes Florida man. That's a could be a title one day of something. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice all right 